Hi, I'm Brad Blaylock. And I'm Brad McKeon, and welcome to The Brad Report. Brad Report contains spoilers. This episode is brought to you by music, the sound of the heart when words are insufficient. The Brad Report can be found on Apple, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Anchor, and Spotify. Please rate and review us. Five stars only. Make sure you subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Brad Report. Now, last week, we discussed Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange starring Benedict Cumberbatch. And this week, we will be belly flopping into the MCU Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which is a super fun movie, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. So before we get to that, just going to kick it to my co-host for our summary. Peter Quill and his fellow Guardians are hired by a powerful alien race, the Sovereign, to protect their precious batteries from invaders. When it is discovered that Rocket has stolen the items they were sent to guard, the Sovereign dispatched their armada to search for vengeance. As the Guardians try to escape, the mystery of Peter's parentage is revealed. His father, a celestial named Ego, saves them, and they are eventually invited back to his mysterious, creepy planet. Where no one else exists. Because he killed them. Because he killed them all. (laughs) Yeah. Good summary. Thank you, Google. Thank you, Google. As always. As always. Um, yeah. Do you want to kick us off with the themes, I th- or I can, whichever yeah, you would I, like. I, well, I, so, random question: Do you think Peter has siblings that are running around out there that Ego just hadn't gotten to finding yet, or just hadn't found? Oh, uh, because there are a lot of bones down there. There were a ton. So he had a bunch of siblings that were killed by Ego. I had never thought of that. So do you like think that. there's a chance that? Because it took him a while to find to to get Peter back. Well, here's the thing: is that do you think Yondu took all of those kids, or there's a point where well, he there were some of them he was obviously guilty of? Do we think Yondu was the one was responsible for every kid? Yeah, that's what I was asking. Delivered? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think so. Yondu doesn't have that much time. Yeah, seriously, he's that got was other jobs. thousands. He's got other jobs. Yeah, thousands. Yeah, I don't think Yondu took all and of bones. Them. Yeah. And if it took, so here's the, if, if Peter escaped. That was 20, 20 some odd years ago. And it took him that long to find him. There's a chance that another kid escaped. Yeah. It takes another, it would have taken him just as long to find him. So there might be a. Yeah. And if he was continual, continually pursuing uh, some person that was able to generate right. this, then he would be continually creating offspring mm-hmm. and so he could have created offspring that since he's dead got away got away yeah but we just don't know who they are that's possible i don't think we'll ever see them in a in a movie though be kind of neat though it would be maybe in a what if scenario find a uh, star lord's long lost sister that's an alien yeah <laughs> anyways from a different race yeah uh, i never thought of that that's interesting yeah i, I don't know the first um well i thought because the first thing that i think this movie and Guardians one, it's, it's family. Yeah, of course. It's family. Of course. It's family. Of course. So you've got obviously the misfit family. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Drax and Gamora and Rocket and Star Lord all together, and then they invite and they bring in more people into their family during this movie, right? So we three have, new people. So Yondu is kind of brought into the fold yep. in a way. We have Mantis that's brought in. Yeah. Um, Nebula. Nebula and Gamora all yeah. kind of reconciled to each other. Right, and and then we have obviously Peter's father. Yeah, right. And it's this is foreshadowed in the very beginning of the movie when Peter is talking to the and the end of the previous movie. What happens at the end of the previous movie? Where they after he holds the Infinity Stone, the Nova Corps do an analysis on his blood or DNA, and they say, "Well, your mother was of Earth, but." whoever your father was is something much older uh, as some kind of race that we don't know or don't understand. I forgot, I forgot that. 
But at the very beginning, what's the name of the leader of the Sovereign? Aisha? Is that her name? I've got IMDb pulled up. Hold on. Scroll, 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 scroll. Yeah, Aisha. Okay. Well, Aisha asked him, what is your heritage? Yeah. Uh, Essentially, like, like, where are you from? Who is your family? What is your lineage? He doesn't know. Yeah. And so it's foreshadowed from the very beginning of the movie. We will find out who Peter's father is. Yeah. And within 10 minutes, we figure it out. Oh, yeah. It is not a slow burn. No. He's the one-inch man who saves... Yeah. saves the day. I bet it's the one inch man. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, I, of course, family. The With everybody inclusive, when you narrow it down, of course, my second theme is father and son, and I'll get that to, to that in a second. But with the whole cast of characters, family, and James Gunn, the director, said that Guardians 1 was about becoming a family and volume two is about being a family Mm -hmm. and all of the difficulties and idiosyncrasies that you have to put up with each other in being a family. Yeah. Which I thought was a really cool way to see it, uh, put it, but who knows what we'll see for, for volume three and in that aspect of family and how they develop that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, father and son, you see that with ego and Peter uh, Yondu and Peter very clearly. And then of course you've got this baby Groot. And so they, I think it kind of, they kind of tr- at the end, they try to translate with baby Groot sitting on Peter's on Peter's lap and listening to music with him. But I think rockets more kind of like a, a dad or a crazy uncle to Groot than Peter is, but yeah. you just don't, you, they just don't interact a lot throughout the movie. Right. But yeah, especially, you know, Ego and Peter and then Yondu and Peter, that father-son relationship. Yeah. So I was going to talk about uh, surrogate fathers. Yeah. In a way. So Yondu is a perfect example. I'm glad you brought him up. (coughs) In the first movie, we have Peter saving Gamora. Uh, Midway through the movie, Peter realizes that he can be selfless, that he um, is a person who can who can choose to be selfish, who can put others above himself, and he saves the day. In this movie, Peter finally learns that he is also, not only can he be selfless, but he is somebody worth saving himself, right? That he he is worth saving. And eventually, Yondu saves him. Yondu comes out from the, out from the clouds and floats down like Mary Poppins yeah, and, and saves the day. Yeah. And what I think is what's great about this is Yondu and Peter have a fun relationship and Peter has been wanting a, a a father his entire life. Entire life, right? He tells this sob story to Gamora about how he used to carry on this picture of David Hasselhoff and tell people that was his father, and he's off doing CIA missions or something like that, um, or shooting a movie yeah. in Germany. <laughs> and he just wanted a father. And he he eventually in this movie, I think he realized. You said um, this movie is about them being a family, right? I think he finally realized fully in this movie that you really don't have to be blood related to be family. Because he realized that Yondu had essentially been his father for all along. Yeah. And taught him a lot of things. Maybe not some great things, some good things, but yeah. he was there him. for him. Yeah, he cared about him. And there's that point where Peter is telling Gamora that he said, I finally found my family. And she says, I thought you already had. Mm. So within the context of the storyline, this is this doesn't this movie doesn't take place in the order where it falls in the Marvel cinematic universe. This movie takes place almost immediately after the first one. Right. Yeah. So that's important to know is that when this movie came out in, uh, what is it? Um, does it say 2017? It was supposed to be like backtracked a few years. And then at the end, when one of the end credit scenes with teenage Groot, that kind of like catches it up to the current timeline right before we right. see them again in uh, Infinity War. But yeah, it's uh they, yeah, the father-son, the surrogate relationship and them being a family and then they get upset at each other a lot. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Let's get into some storytelling with good things about this movie, the bad things, the... Potentially questionable things, if we have anything like that, or Easter eggs. 
I don't know if we have any Easter eggs. I didn't take the time to do that research for that. But uh, yeah, I think one of the best things about the Guardians movies are the characters and how they they're just written so well. They're funny. Yeah, absolutely. They engage with each other well. A real highlight is the way that James Gunn makes you care about these characters that you're like, oh, I have no idea who these people are. Why do I care about them? But he's, they're written so well in such in such a compelling fashion. And Rocket and uh, Yondu really, really shine in this movie. I think they steal the show. Even though Peter Quill, Chris Pratt's supposed to be the main character. And my most recent rewatch of this the other day, I really saw this as more of Rocket's movie than Peter's. So... Yeah, I thought the the first thing, of course, is the characters and the emotional beats that each of their their storylines has. But especially in this movie, Rocket, Yondu, and then I would put Peter in third with um, with that. And then even in with uh, Gamora and Nebula, their reconciliation and how Nebula is so mad at her and like tries to kill her several times because. She said, I just wanted to feel love from you. Yeah. And you did never were able to give me that. And so, I mean, it was super powerful things and how people are, as a family, they're working through their baggage. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I think one thing, speaking of baggage, one thing this movie does well is the big emotional punches. Yeah. The movie does so well with that. So when Peter finally realizes, when he... When you you can kind of see the light bulb moment for him when he realizes that oh, ego killed all of his other children. He killed all of my potential siblings. You can see him realizing that, and then realizing that you killed my mom. Yeah, you know that you gave her this this cancer. That was you that did this, which really well done. That was awesome. The Gamora and Nebula finally like reconciliation, finally just, like, releasing all of this stuff that they both been pent up and building it was really well done drax and mantis had a pretty touching touching scene at one point when drax was kind of relaying oh they they were a fun pairing yeah yeah they were drax was kind of relaying some stuff to her and she puts his hand on him and she feels what he's feeling the sadness um, yeah she feels this deep sadness and you can see it in her face um this movie had some and then yondu I mean, you can't forget Wow, him and rocket yeah were great together yeah this movie does emotional gut punches really well yeah. Another thing, yeah, that was spot so spot on. The music's really good. James Gunn does such a great job of incorporating these these old songs into the story in really effective ways. And you know, the volume, the mixtape, awesome mix volume one, awesome, awesome mix volume two, whenever volume three comes out. You know, I have a, a playlist on my Spotify playlist that has those songs as well as other oldies. Mm-hmm. that I l- listened to growing up and they're just a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Uh, another thing I think this movie does really well is the G- Gamora and Star-Lord relationship. The unspoken thing. The unspoken thing. And I mean, eventually it becomes, I mean, pretty, pretty spoken, pretty spoken, but you know, in the beginning when they're kind of, they kind of dance around it when Star-Lord is flirting with Aisha. And then afterwards he said, Hey, I, Sorry, I didn't really mean that. Well, and she's like, oh, I don't care. You know, and you can say, oh, I, I think that you do I care. Think you care. You know, and then later when Mantis touches Peter and she's like, you're feeling love. Deep, romantic love for her. Yeah. <laughs> and Drax just starts losing. <gasps> she just revealed your deepest, darkest secret. That must be <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> that was, it was it's like, dude, not cool. Yeah. And she she doesn't make fun of him. She doesn't remark. And she, I think you can kind of see like she kind of like lowers her head. She's like she's happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, this movie is funny. It is really really funny. There's hardly a scene where there's not something that's really kind of hits you and makes you chuckle. And there's so many jokes. There are way too many jokes to to be able to tell to be able to to go through. But the way that they're they're sar- the characters have their e- each individual sense of humor, and it's so fun to watch. And lastly, the thing that I think that it does 
well is that it because we've been we've seen space mm-hmm. we've seen space movies but this particular style of space is very different and very unique absolutely and it looks awesome yeah it looks really awesome yeah uh i have just one more thing that i'd say this movie did really well and then we can move on to bad bad uh so the soundtrack yeah and this is something that the first movie did well and this movie i think is just as good personally absolutely soundtrack if not better i don't know they're kind of right there neck and neck but this this kind of like retro science fiction thing that guardians has tapped into really works for me. I like it. Oh yeah. It really works. And then you've seen how you see how in modern movie trailers and other movies that when James Gunn started doing this, maybe I'm just now realizing it. Maybe they've always done it where how even uh, in James Gunn's uh, Suicide Squad trailer, he did, uh, is it Steely Dan's Dirty Work was playing? I think that's who it was. I'm, I'll be embarrassed if I get that wrong. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. But when that trailer released, even though that song was released maybe like 40, 50 years ago, it went to the number one on the music charts, mm. which is really, really cool. But yeah, the that sci-fi throwback oldies music is super fun yeah that's good all right let's talk about some of the bad stuff or things that just weren't as good they're not good ego really i i think he's just fine i think he's just fine really i like the i like his motivations um i like his connection to peter but there is something that feels off when you tell me that this bad guy, the villain, is has the power of a god, and then gets crushed in the same movie. Like it's not when like yeah. something feels kind of off when you tell me, okay, this is a a a god who has the ability lowercase to g on the days he's feeling as humble as Drax. Yeah, who has the ability to create life itself and organic matter and worlds. He is a planet, and he just kind of gets owned in in one movie. Very, easy, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the so here's the thing with we've beat this dead horse, like Marvel no, has a I villain know. problem, I yeah. Know. So, but here's the thing given those expectations, like he's better than most, I would say. Yeah, I, I would say he's 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 definitely in well, we'll get to our rankings later, but he's definitely in the top half, yeah, rather yeah. than the low sure. bottom half. And yeah, I think that there were some things where of course they're trying to make it a big twist that, Oh, he's really the bad guy. Mm -hmm. But I think there, maybe they would have been better. The story would have been better served if they, they'd known he was the bad guy all along. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. He's in the top half, but it's just, you know, you gotta find something bad. And yeah, exactly. As far as this movie goes, that's one of the worst things. About yeah, it, for so. sure. I mean, it's a good movie, but <laughs> so, and I have this is that the first movie is so good, right? That the sequel is always going to be more difficult because no one had any expectations for the first one. No. And then it was amazing, and then people have the expectations of this movie is going to be amazing, and and it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. At, it was good, but it's not as amazing. Right. So I'll say that, but then I really noticed that Chris Pratt's performance, there were certain parts that really fell flat Okay, for me, where even in the first battle where he says, rocket, make it look up. And I just, I rewound it and I watched it again. I said, that is very, it just felt very wooden and unnatural and then there's another part where ego's explaining stuff to him about oh well you're as long as this you're here on this planet you'll mm-hmm. live forever and some of the facial expressions because it's kind of in a wide shot of the both of them sitting on a couch talking to each other that his he's just kind of like oh yeah okay cool cool bro yeah that that's that's wild and i was just thinking i was like this it just seemed off it didn't seem because he's the hero and 
like I said, I care about him third most maybe in this movie. Yeah. That's if he's the hero, I should care about him the most. Or you would think you would want to make me care yeah. about him the most. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think they don't use, I don't think they use Gamora enough in this movie. Mm-mm. I think every time she's on screen, she's really great. And she just kind of gets cast aside in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think they, Drax is definitely the comic relief. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he doesn't do much either. But when you have five main characters, no, I know someone's it's, getting, left it's, someone is getting left out. So yeah, yeah, he's because I really like him a lot. You know, Baby Groot's great too. But I think yeah, as I said before, that this is they really wanted to press in with rockets and Yondu, and if they could have kept that and also put more emphasis on. Uh, the distortion of Peter and Ego's relationship, mm-hmm. that would have really made it the story kind of really pop. If, if that even makes sense to make a story yeah. pop. Sure. Yeah. Oh, so I, so do you have any more good or, good or bad you want to talk about? Oh, no, that's, that's it for me. All right. So I have a few Easter eggs for us. Okay, great. So, number one, Craglin, the Ravenger. Yes. Played by James Gunn's brother. Yes. Sean Gunn. Yes. It's kind of fun. Who also does the stand-in performance for Rocket. For Rocket. Mm-hmm. After they, so they'll replace him yeah. with a raccoon or rabbit. Right. Puppy, fox, <laughs> trash, trash panda. panda. <laughs> um, so, there's that. Howard the Duck makes an appearance in this movie. He does. The cutscene, the post-credit scene, is a hint towards Adam Warlock. It is, as we know. This one, I might, I might stump you. So, you, so you obviously know at the very end, Ego transforms briefly into David Hasselhoff. Yes, right, which is a callback to when Peter Quill said, "I told people when uh-huh. I was growing up, I told that my, that my dad was David Hasselhoff." That is not the only credit Hasselhoff got gets in this movie. He says something at the end credits. Nope. In the mid credits, a song is playing called Guardian Inferno, sung by David Hasselhoff. I did not know that. There's a song playing mid credits that is by David Hasselhoff called Guardian Inferno. Yeah. I've only listened to the song of his that says, it's like, get, like, hey, get in my car. I'll drive you home. And he's convincing this girl to get in his car and he'll drive her home the whole time. And then the second half of the song, he says, all right, where are we going? And she says, we're going here. And he said, yeah, I'm not driving you there. That's too far away. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I remember in high school discovering that song. I was like, this is the dumbest yeah. thing I've ever listened to. Um, yeah. So uh, Sylvester Stallone's character, I didn't know this. I didn't have this written down. But his formation in the kind of a post-credit, mid-credit scene of their Guardians of the Galaxy was the original iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy team in the comics. Which is really cool that they made a, a callback to that. And uh, Miley Cyrus is the voice of the robot. In yeah, that mainframe. Scene. Yeah. Which, kind of weird. Kind of weird. The guy who plays uh, uh, Lex Luthor in Smallville is kind of the ice-looking person creature. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And he originally auditioned for the role of star lord in the first one yeah did not get it (laughs) no (laughs) but hey he's a great flash in the dc animated universe all right getting into scenes and quotes of quotes and scenes alternate as always and as the host as one of the hosts i'll go first <laughs> you just like, oh, what are you saying okay so the first one i think is really powerful because of what happens after it 
Okay. It's in the final fight, and Peter, when he's finally realizing how to um, understand the power and to create, and the music from Break the Chain from Fleetwood Mac is beginning to rise, and he says, you shouldn't have killed my mom and squished my Walkman. Yeah. Really good line. Mm, that was good. I I really like the action sequence of um, the opening credits where they're fighting that interdimensional monster. Mm-hmm. It's a really good open. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some good quotes in there when Drax is like, its skin is so hard, we have to cut it from the inside. And they're like, that doesn't make sense. It's the same skin. It's the same just, thickness of skin. He just dives in there. But you've seen that in so many movies, even in yeah. Marvel movies, uh-huh. where like, oh, I'll just go inside and I'll I'll kill it that way. Right. Which is silly. It is silly. So my second one is during that uh or it's right before the end where uh the bomb goes off in ego's core and he says, Listen to me, you're a god. If you kill me, you'll be just like everybody else. And Peter says, What's so wrong with that? Mm. That's good. Uh, another action sequence, Yondu and Groot um, and Rocket escape from the Ravagers. Yeah. So eventually, so Groot is trying to bring Yondu as Finn, mm-hmm. which is essentially the... The way to control right, the arrow. Uh, the mechanism that controls the arrow. Um, Groot brings him all sorts of silly stuff. Right? At one point, brings him a finger. Yeah. But eventually, he brings him the Finn, and then him and Rocket bust out of there yeah that fin is pretty op yeah very powerful it's pretty sweet very powerful yeah so in reference to that the quote that i have is i don't use my head to fly the arrow boy i use my heart Are you having trouble thinking of where that is no i'm i just realized i'm, I'm dumb I've been doing scenes. We said we all do quotes. I was doing scenes. Okay. Well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? No, now? no, we'll just keep doing quotes. We'll just, I, those are two of my favorite scenes. Yeah, well, we'll just do no, scenes. No, 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 because no, no, I have, I've only got like four, and you already mentioned the opening fight because that's what, <laughs> that's one of mine as well. Uh, so the opening fight is it, the music's really good. Uh-huh. Mr. Blue Sky, the action, baby group dancing. Get a lot of good funny lines, um, and the, yeah, the second one you already said, Groot getting instructions from Yondu and Rocket to get his fin, and then them busting out of there. Like those, the action set pieces in here are amazing, and so that was my second scene. What about what about your third one? So it's when Drax is relaying his the loss of his family to Mantis. Mm. I think there's something really. I think it was touching seeing him with a completely straight face relaying these events where it looks like he's not feeling anything. And then through Mantis, we get to see what he's actually feeling. Yeah. Uh, we get to see how sad he truly is, but he's hiding it. It's just a good, it's a good scene. Yeah, it is really good. That's uh, very emotionally it's a good metaphor powerful. there. Yeah, there's a good metaphor there. Metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the final fight is really excellent with all that's going on with the sovereign coming in with rocket explaining to Groot to set off the bomb with the characters being trapped by ego and then Peter discovering the power when it man it was it was very distressing when baby Groot's in there and yeah. he's getting compressed and he starts to cry and you see a tear you're like oh! I could feel it. So I was like no 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 little child it's okay uh, but everything about that Yondu sacrifice, yeah, it was all really good. And how Peter's using the memories of <laughs> the Guardians and Yondu and his mom mm-hmm. to like Fuel control the power yeah. that he's had with his heart. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, another scene that I really like. I, I, I the Sovereign Armada. I think is really cool. Yeah, it's a really cool concept. The kind of robot clone, not clone, but robot drone army. uh, These people are controlling from inside this this facility. It was really cool. Yeah, it seemed like an elitist prep school. Yeah. All interacting that they're this race of elitist prep school people. Uh Uh-huh. But they've got gold skin. And when there's one drone left... 
they're and all watching they're all him. watching him. They're cheering him on, and then he, he dies, dies, and they're like, "Oh, typical." You suck. Yeah, and you're like, what? He did better than the rest of you, right? He looks so dejected. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that part is funny. Okay, one part is part of the final fight that I thought was really, really resonates, or it just maybe it just I don't know. I really liked it because of the way that Drax is responding and the way that Rocket, because he gets on the ship without Quill and without Yondu. And everybody's responding, we've got to go back and get them. But Yondu's already, in a sense, told Rocket, listen, I'm going to sacrifice myself to get Peter out. Mm -hmm. And Rocket's accepted it. He's getting there. No one else has accepted it. He's starting to take off. He immobilizes Gamora. And Drax up there, and he's like, wait, where is he? And he's yelling, "Yeah, where's Quill? And you just, like, screaming, like, something's like, we've got to do something. And Rocket is so sad in that moment. And just, like, this is what I have to do hmm. to save. He says, I've already, you know, he, that part where he says, I've already lost. I'm already going to lose one friend today. Don't ask me to lose another. So that part was that scene and where... I don't know. It just when I was, it just really struck me as how powerful that was. It was yeah. like Drax is screaming, and Rocket is finally taking responsibility in a way and feeling the weight of his decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's really good. Um, this scene is kind of—it's not even really a scene. It's more of just like a credit scene. And um, but this is my favorite Stanley cameo. Because it confirmed like a fan theory. Yeah, essentially. Essentially confirmed. So it. he, you know, the question is like, how does he keep appearing in all these movies, right? Like, this is a cohesive universe. Obviously, they're just paying homage to the fact that he created them. Mm -hmm. But logically, how do they make it make sense? Well, in this one, he appears with the Watchers, and it makes it clear that he works for them. Yeah. And so apparently, that's how he was making the rounds. They were sending him to various points in the galaxy at various times to carry out a task or whatever. But uh, yeah, so I thought it was pretty neat. It yeah. kind of tied it together. Really yeah, well. it did tie it together. And we're going to see more from the Watchers uh, later this year. Eternals? Uh, the What If series. Oh, so gotcha. The yeah. What If series, that the narrator sense. is a Watcher who <laughs> is going to... That makes sense, yeah. Because the Watchers just they created as kind of a way to explain all the multiple universes right. and there there's these narrator storytellers that says, well, in this universe, this is different mm -hmm. or right. Whatever it may be. Yep. No, that makes sense. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, all the scenes with rocket and Yondu. Yeah. Where, especially when Yondu confronts him oh, about that, his, that's coming this, up in my quotes for sure. Okay, where, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it then. Yeah. But that's, those are all my scenes. Okay, let's go to quotes. Okay. <laughs> so picking up, um, yeah, Yondu. I don't use my head to fly the arrow, boy. <laughs> I use my heart. That's good. Just kind of a long one, but it's a dialogue between Yondu and Rocket. Yondu says, you can fool yourself and everyone else, but you can't fool me. I know who you are. You don't know anything about me, loser. I know everything about you. I know you play like you're the meanest and hardest, but actually you're the most scared of all. Shut up. I know you steal batteries you don't need and push anyone away who's willing to put up with you because you're a little because just a little bit of love reminds you of how big and empty that hole inside you actually is. I said shut up. I know them scientists what made you never gave a crap about you. I'm serious, dude. Just like my own damn parents who sold me their own little baby into slavery. I know who you are, boy, because you're me. And Rocket pauses and he says, what kind of a pair are we? Yeah. The kind that's about to fight a planet, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a really, it's a really good moment. And it it's hard to make a moment between a talking raccoon and a blue alien sincere. That, yeah. And it feels sincere. It feels super sincere. Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh when they're trying to sa save Peter, where they finally discovered 
what Ego's doing and they're going to go in and save him. And they're talking about, you know, these are friends. We're going to go do this. We're going to save them. Or, uh, and so Nebula is saying, it's like, all you do is yell at each other. You're not friends. And Drax says, you're right. We're family. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh, this is a Drax quote as well. He says, you don't have to believe in yourself because I believe in you. Yeah. And then she does it and he's like, oh, I had no idea she was going to be able to do that. <laughs> Look how puny and weak she is. <laughs> There's so many funny Drax and Mantis scenes oh, yeah. and uh, quotes. Uh, so there's the part where Yondu's about to about to die, about to sacrifice themselves. And he says to Peter, says, I'm sorry I didn't do none of it right, but I'm darn proud you're my boy. Mm. That's good. This one is from Aisha and it is in the mid credit scene. She says, that, my child, is the next step in our evolution. More powerful, more beautiful, more capable of destroying the Guardians of the Galaxies. I think I shall call him Adam. Yeah. And we don't even know if we're going to see him in the next movie. Adam Warlock. You, we, you I, think we will, but yeah, I think we there's will. been no casting rumors of of who that will be or who it might be, uh, which is interesting. Did we ever get a confirmation on Christian Bell's character, who he's playing? He's playing the villain, but not Adam Warlock. We know he's not playing Adam Warlock? He's, like, or... Yeah, yeah. He's, he's playing... So he's a recently made, uh, ooh, maybe that's in Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, yeah, he's in Thor: Love and Fun- Thunder. As that's the right. He's not. He's not. Guardians so three. Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy with a Z, Volume. Is it still not coming out until so, 2023? Right. I, so this article right here, yeah, from 2023, March, March 9th. This article is reporting that. That Adam Warlock will make an appearance in Guardians 3. Okay. Yeah, so you just have the main cast right now that's listed. Uh, Mantis. Oh, it says Aisha will be returning. Nebula, Peter Quill, Groot, Drax, Gamora, Rocket, and Kraglin. Those are the only confirmed characters so far. So, I think we'll get Adam Warlock. Yeah, surely they'll announce it soon. I mean, I know it's still two years away, but you think they'd begin filming... Sometime, I don't know how long the film process takes. Usually a couple of years. Anyways, uh, where were we in my quotes? Okay. And I think Rocket will be the, the focus. That's my prediction for G3. See, he was the focus of, well, I think Gamora got a lot of screen time in Infinity War. Yeah. Absolutely. But then Rocket did too. Yeah. But, yeah. With we'll Thor. Yeah. And then especially in after everybody was dusted in Endgame as so well. So I just think that Rocket and Adam Warlock have some parallels and that they're created by scientists who don't really give a crap about them. Yeah. Or use his tools. So I think because ultimately Adam Warlock becomes a good guy. Yeah, he becomes um, a hero. Right. He becomes a hero. But first he fights the Guardian. So I think that they can use Rocket's story as a way of kind of olive branching yeah. with Adam. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into this. Uh We'll get into this more later with our questions when we sure. talk about what's coming next. Uh, I have one more quote. I could I could do so many more quotes, but yeah. when I was looking at this part, particularly made me chuckle. So it's it's in the beginning after the first battle they get the batteries. <laughs> so this is in the beginning after they get the batteries. Says so Peter says this is weird. We've got a sovereign fleet approaching from the rear. Gamora, why would they do that? Drax, <laughs> probably because Rocket stole some of their batteries. Rocket, dude! Drax, right, he didn't steal some of those. I don't know why they're after us. What a mystery this is! <laughs> oh, uh, that's gosh. so funny. Oh, that is great. Yeah. Do you have any more? I mean, there are a couple others that are more, that are funny, but maybe not totally appropriate to, to oh, yeah. repeat. So. We keep it PG. So we'll just move on. It's kids show. Right. Kids show. Okay, so we are just going to roll straight into our questions. So would you, uh, what do you want to see? What do you want to see in volume? Okay, so here's the thing. We're going to see Guardians in Thor, Love and Thunder. Peter Quill, Star-Lord, is shown to appear. But I guess we can talk about that after we watch Thor. 
we'll talk about that after we watch Thor. But what do you want to see in volume three? Um, I I'd, I'd like to see I'd see Adam Warlock. Yeah, I'd like to see Rocket take a focus. Um, I'd like to see them fight the Sovereign. I think that'd be fun. That race, yeah, kind of go toe to toe with them. They can turn Adam Warlock on their side and kind of go to war with the sovereign people. Yeah. So I think, well, we're jumping way ahead with the storyline because they have a huge development in infinity war and Endgame. but so spoilers warning again, Gamora, this Gamora dies right in infinity war. Yep. She's not here. She's not here, but the Gamora that Thanos uses in Endgame comes into this universe as well. Wait, what? She's the Gamora from so when Thanos they're the same unit, right? No. Cause, oh, because Gamora comes back. Because Gamora comes yeah, back. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry. so they kill Thanos. Right. Yeah. And then Thanos from another timeline, that war machine and that Nebula, bring... and then uh uh Black Widow and Jeremy Renner are in. He comes and they that's who they fight at the end of Endgame. And Gamora comes with that too. And so I really want to see the, Peter and Gamora have a happy ending. Yeah. Well, so I'm remembering this now, but I remember he makes a move on her at the end of Infinity War or Endgame. And she's kind of like, she kicks him. She's like, who are you? you know, yeah. She has no idea who he is. Who are you? And he, he can tell he's really hurt, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So I really want to see them have a happy ending. And but James Gunn said this was volume three is going to be the end of this iteration of the Guardians. So if we see another Guardians of the Galaxy, it will not be a lineup of this team, same team, which is sad. Yeah, that's good. Okay, next question Would you rather want to hang? Would you rather hang out with baby Groot, teen Groot, or adult Groot? Baby Groot, yeah, why? Um, well, it's definitely not teen Groot. No, definitely not Teen Groot. Adult Groot would be the most beneficial if I was actually doing a superhero thing. But if I'm just me, I I would want Baby Groot. Right. If I'm just like me, normal Brad, hanging out, I'm taking Baby Groot because he's cute. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Would you rather have Nebula or Drax as a teammate? (laughs) Drax, because he's funny. Yeah. He would be annoying, um, but he's helpful. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. no way I'm picking Nebula. No. <laughs> okay. Favorite song in the movie? Probably, I, I love, I don't know if it's my favorite song in the movie. So my favorite song is probably The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, that's the one I pick. But I think Mr. Br- uh, Mr. Blue Sky. The opening the song. The placement of it is really yeah. good. Like It juxtaposes the fight in the background, works really well. But if I were if I were just listening to a song by Car, it would be The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, I I agree. That's I put The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Okay, who has the best performance in this movie? Um, I'm gonna have to say. Oh, let me make sure I get her name right. What is the name of the actress that plays Gamora? Zoe Saldana. I'm going to say Zoe Zaldana. Even though she's underutilized and they should use her more, I think she. I think she, I think she's great every time she's on screen. Yeah. Oh, so I think I'm going to go with, even though Bradley Cooper only does the voice acting of Rocket. Bradley Cooper. Either him or Michael Rooker as Yondu. Yeah. Because I, I, I think Bradley if Cooper they, is fair. Because like you said, if a raccoon and a blue alien that makes an arrow fly seem – what was the word you said? You sincere, sincere, and they do. They do absolutely, and it's impressive. It could be that could come off as really cheesy, mm-hmm. but they really, really nail it. They do. So I'm gonna say I think they they have a tie for me. Yeah. Okay. So MCU rankings. Let's do it. Do you want me to go first this time? Uh, sure. Okay. So for these, we do heroes, villains and movies that we've seen thus far in the order that we've watched them. So number one, Captain America. Number two, Iron Man. Number three, Black Panther. Wow, I had him higher than I thought it did. <laughs> number four, Winter Soldier. Five, Black Widow. Six, Wanda. Seven, Spider-Man. Eight, 
Doctor Strange, 9, Rocket, 10, Yondu, 11, Star-Lord, 12, Gamora, 13, Drax, 14, Falcon, 15, Ant-Man, 16, Hawkeye, 17, Vision, 18, Thor, 19, Mantis, 20, Groot, 21, Hulk, 22, Nebula, 23, Quicksilver, 24, War Machine. Did I add people that you weren't expecting me to add? Okay, so <laughs> go. So you have Mantis. Yeah, um, she's number 19 on my list. Who, can you read your, like, 13 through 24? <laughs> so 13 is Drax. 14 is Falcon. 15 is Ant-Man. 16 is Hawkeye. 17 is Vision. 18 is Thor. 19 is Mantis. 20 is Groot. 21 is Hulk, 22 Nebula, 23 Quicksilver, 24 War Machine. Okay, I didn't have Nebula and Mantis ranked. Let me rank them real quick. Okay. I could filibuster here for a second while we're recording the nope. podcast. It'll be easy. Filibuster, 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 <laughs> filibuster, filibuster. What was the, uh, there was a senator that read uh, Green Eggs and Ham one time? Yeah. I've heard that some people would just like, they take up the phone book and they just start reading it. Why not? Yeah. All right. Heroes. I have one Iron Man, two Black Widow, three Captain America, four Spider Man, five Star Lord, six Black Panther, seven Rocket, eight Gamora, nine Strange, 10 Falcon, 11 Drax, 12 Groot, 13 Ant Man, 14 Hulk, 15 Hawkeye, 16 Wanda, 17 Thor, 18 Vision, 19 War Machine, 20 Quicksilver, 21 Mantis, 22 Nebula. Nice. Nice. 24 War Machine? I had War Machine and then 19. Okay. You moved them up. I, I don't know which ones I'm missing that you don't have, but we'll figure it out. We'll later. figure it out. Yeah. So when I was looking at this, uh, so I had Falcon was kind of my breaking point mm. because I think, you know, I like Drax more than Falcon. Sure. And they're like most of the Guardians, I would say I like more than at this point of the movies that we've seen. Um, you know, excluding Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's like, okay, I like this character more. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, what, who would win in a fight, you know? And the fact that Drax kind of gets hung out of a spaceship yeah. and survives all that stuff, I was like, I'm pretty sure he could beat Falcon. Yeah, Drax <laughs> yeah. would be fine. Yeah, Drax would be fine. Okay, villains. Uh, all right, you're going to be very shocked by this. Okay. So... I put number one, Zemo, number two, Loki, number three, Ego, number four, Red Skull, number five, Obadiah, number six, Ultron, number seven, Ronan, number eight, Alexander Pierce, number nine, Whiplash, number 10, Abomination, number 11, Aldrich Killian, number 12, Darren Cross, number 13, Dormammu, number 14, Malekith. Now, before you get upset, number three, Ego, I put him high because he's a mass murderer. Sure. And he actually almost succeeded in taking over the whole universe. Yeah. And killing, and like, even in that expansion of that, whatever bubble thing was, he probably killed a ton more people. You know, they kind of gloss over that. Yeah. But I think he definitely killed a ton more people in that little, whenever he was using Peter as a battery. So I was like, now, because I think some of your complaints are super valid, but at the same time, I was like, hmm, killed a ton of people. He did. So I have him in the top half. Okay. One, Loki. Two, Zemo. Three, Aldrich Killian. Four, Obadiah. Five, Ultron. Six, Ronan. Seven, Ego. Okay. Eight, Red Skull. Nine, Alexander Pierce. Ten, Yellow Jacket. Eleven, Ivan Vanko. Twelve, Abomination. Thirteen, Dormammu. Fourteen, Malekith. Barely in the top half. Top half, though. But yeah, it's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that was, I mean, because there's other people that I think, like, Obadiah is definitely more charismatic. Yeah, absolutely. And just like, oh, man, Obadiah, you know, Iron Man won the first villain, or Loki, or Zemo, or even Ultron seem a little bit more charismatic in their villainy. But I'm like, yeah, it's it's kind of like no no rules, like whatever classifications you want to put on it right. to a certain extent. No, I, I mean, you're right about, about Ego. He definitely kills more people than... Obadiah does per se. Yeah. Um, okay, movies. Number one, Captain America Winter Soldier. Number two, Iron Man. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. Number four, 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, number five, Captain America Civil War, number six, Captain America First Avenger, number seven, The Avengers, number eight, Iron Man 2, number nine, Iron Man 3, number 10, Doctor Strange, number 11, Age of Ultron, number 12, ooh, Ant-Man, number 13, Thor, number 14, Incredible Hulk, number 15, Thor, The Dark World. Okay, we're pretty similar. Yeah. One, Iron Man 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, three, Captain America Civil War, four, Winter Soldier, Five Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Six The Avengers, Seven Iron Man Three, Eight Captain America the First Avenger, Nine Ultron, Ten Doctor Strange, Eleven Ant Man, Twelve Thor Two, Thirteen Thor, Fourteen Incredible Hulk, and Fifteen Dark World. Nice, yeah, that was. Uh, I was really torn. I was like, do would I? Okay, on any given day, would I rather watch this movie or Civil War? Yeah, that's hard. And I mean, like, but because uh, I think Civil War is definitely a better movie, and so I'll probably switch but this. This afterwards. is more rewatchable. Yeah, I mean, it's funnier. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I have it. Okay, overall reflections, final grade. Uh, a minus. I think this is a really good movie. It's a pretty good sequel as far as sequels go. It's funny. It's the soundtrack's great. The the only thing that makes it like an A minus and an A plus, like the original, is that it really is like kind of. Almost the same movie in a lot yeah. of ways. Like, the plot is different, but like it feels the exact same. Yeah. Which on one hand is good because they're developing a Guardians of the Galaxy aesthetic. On the other hand, it kind of takes a little bit of the the wind out of the sails. Yeah. Just a little bit. I mean, it's an A minus. So. Yeah. No, I have the exact same thing. I gave it an A minus. Also, it's good, but in the same way that Iron Man two was the same. You're like, okay, the first movie was good, but we already sort of saw this. So a minus super awesome movie. Love it. Can't wait for volume three. All right, everybody that's going to do it for another episode of the Brad report. We hope that you dug what you heard. We hope that you will like subscribe, give us a five star rating, follow us on social media. And until next time, love you 3000.